0: Hosts Elle and Miriam are two Black homeschooling moms embarking on a self defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by the country of Sierra Leone. Okay? Okay? It means to demonstrate, or to teach in Mende. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Al Cole, and today we are talking about our second homeschool tip. Yes, we are getting back to the basics for those of you who are interested in learning more about homeschooling and teaching your children. Again, this podcast isn't just for homeschoolers, but also for people who want to supplement their child's education. So today we are talking about tip number two, which is lesson plans. Now, if you're not a teacher, no worries. We are going to walk you through how to create a lesson plan and how to make it work for you. So first, I want to share that a lesson plan is important if you want to organize and prepare information. It keeps you on track and focused. When creating a lesson plan, identify your subject, then research the concept your child needs to learn. So when I was homeschooling, I had to often reteach myself different subjects. So, math, it had been years since I had seen some of the math problems that I was needing to teach to my kids. It wasn't a big worry, it just meant I had to utilize different resources so that I could refresh my memory. One of the tools I used to do that was YouTube. They have great tutorials where people will work out the problems and you can practice. Also, If you are a bit hesitant about some subjects and you feel like, hmm, this is really outside of my scope, no worries. You don't have to do it all personally. You can hire tutors. You can tap into your village, your resources, your support system, even classes online. So there are multiple ways to make sure your child or children are getting a solid education. For preschoolers, I feel like preschool and elementary school, many of us can handle those areas fairly well on our own. And we should probably go back to thinking about the learning styles. And there are three learning styles I talked about last year. The first was auditory, the second visual, and the third kinesthetic or tactile, And when I was teaching my preschoolers, I often went to the library and got CDs or videos to really reinforce those lessons. Kids learn so well through song. So even if you're not a singer, it doesn't mean that your kids don't have to have an opportunity to be exposed to new music, expose them teach them, sing with them, but you can get CDs to sing along, especially if that's not your wheelhouse. The other thing I encourage you to do is use apps. Like we are living in a wonderful technology age where we have different resources at our disposal. And one of those resources is being able to Type into apps. There are also educational programs like BrainPop. I've always said that as one of my resources because it was one that I found easy to use. They often had supplemental resources to go along with it and even sample lesson plans. So that's why I highly recommend BrainPop so much. There's also Khan Academy and many other resources, visit the show notes page, and I will link to some of my favorite resources that I use during my homeschool. For kinesthetic lessons, encourage your child to create a 3D model or take a field trip so your child can see how the lesson appears in real life. A lot of kids, when you're using many different senses, together, they're going to remember it better. So you want them to be hands-on. You want them to be able to look at different concepts from different perspectives. And that is what field trips can offer. So um, I live in the DC, Maryland area, and we have a wealth of museums. The Smithsonian's, it was just a area Where we loved going to the different museums that often offer classes and various resources. So, wherever you live, there are definitely some educational resources in your area that you can take advantage of with your children. So, remember when you are doing your lesson plans, I want to give you a few steps to keep in mind. So, step one, research and write out the objectives so research what your child should be learning what does your state require how much does your child already know then use all of that information to write out the objective step two find out what your child needs to learn so i just spoke about the need to look up the state requirements so No, you don't have to make sure your children are at the exact same level as their peers, but keep in mind, if something were to happen and you needed to put your child in school, you wanna make sure that they're at least on par if they're going to be learning at a school, a traditional school at some time. So you don't wanna be so far removed that your child can't compete with other kids. Now, with that said, Don't use that as a crutch. If your child is already advanced and has already mastered areas in their grade level, by all means, move on and teach them where they are. What I love about homeschooling the most is you're not competing against anyone. Your child is literally learning at his or her best ability, regardless of where anybody else is. So, when you are teaching your child, keep that in mind that it's not what you love to do how you learn best. It's really about the child, how they learn best and what their interests are. So, in our homeschool planner, we have a lesson plan sample for you. And what's interesting about the sample is, is it's If you look at our weekly lesson plan, there is an area that says stage one desired results and it says objectives, standards, essential questions, factual knowledge, procedural knowledge and conceptual knowledge. And I know that several of you have gotten the planner and I want to really break down what that all means, because I feel like the language can be something that not all of us are used to. And I don't want anyone to get discouraged. Like, I don't even know what this is. So let me kind of break it down for you just a little bit. So the factual knowledge is where you assess what does your child already know. So what I used for tools for assessment, MobiMax was one of the programs. It's a low cost to free, depending on you know what they're doing now. When I used it, it was free, but I know that things can change. And they had assessments. IXL also does assessments for your child. It is great to invest in a program or software that will assess where your child is. Now, keep in mind, some children will have learning disabilities or learning challenges. And so it is important to know where your child is, what their capabilities are, because sometimes you may need to get additional resources for your child. If there are some learning challenges, some Delays or some other areas of concern, I encourage you to have your child tested. There is nothing to be ashamed of. There is every reason to go above and beyond to make sure your child is getting what he or she needs. So when you're looking at factual knowledge, you're really going through to make sure you know what your child actually knows the facts. Next, procedural knowledge. That's really where they're applying the information that they've learned. Some kids are taking in things by memory and they can recite everything to you, but they don't really know how that's used in the real world or they may not be able to apply a certain formula and things like that. And you really want to make sure that they're not just memorizing, they're also able to do and go the next step as well. When it comes to conceptual knowledge, that's really where you're looking at the concepts that need to be learned. So that's when we go back to those state requirements. What are the general concepts that we have to teach our child? And I'm going to give you some additional examples. So let's take the facts. So for example, two times two is four. That's clearly the case. We all know that. That's a fact. So that would go under factual knowledge. Procedural knowledge is where you say two plus two is four. So you can give your child two blocks or, um, and then add two more, or you can give them two balloons and then add two more. But the concept of adding, putting two and two together will also make four is really the application of that process being applied. So you want your kid to really understand that multiplication is just a quicker way to do addition. And so I just brought out that those concepts that are being taught. And that is the concept of addition and multiplication is also adding things together will increase overall. It'll increase the sum. So that's what you want to make sure they understand in the process. And if they have questions, that's where you're putting the essential questions. So as you're teaching your children, are you able to recognize what they are grasping and what they aren't? So throughout that process, you want to make sure that you are writing questions, that you're noting whether or not you have some areas of concern. Okay, now step three is where you lay out the information. So on our weekly lesson plan in our planner, we have an area called performance task, pre-assessment, extensions, and considerations. And those words, again, aren't always words that we regularly use, but they're important. So, performance tasks, those are the assignments that you're going to give your kid. Pre assessment, what is it that they already know? Are you going to give them an IXL worksheet or assign IXL to them to do online? It doesn't always have to be math either. You can use this with other subjects. And again, there will be a link to other resources on our show notes page. But extensions, that's like, um, how can you go further with this lesson? So um, you can assign something in Khan Academy or a book so you can put additional books some math books that my kids liked when they were little was Life of Fred. So that would be, you know, an extension resource that you're using. If you're using um another like online um program, you would put that there as well. And considerations is for you to put areas where You know, you have some concerns, some things have come up and you're like, hmm, let's consider let's consider this. Let's keep this in mind and let me um, just make a note of it. So you may need to be making assessments and writing notes about things that come to mind as you're teaching your child. And step four is to organize the activities. So this is really where you're putting your activities, what you're going to have your kids do, and you're putting the materials you need. So don't just say, oh, we're going to do a project. What do you need for those projects? What type of materials? And you want to do it in advance so that if you're doing a science experiment, you want to make sure you have all of the resources and tools you need so that everything will be there at your disposal and at your child's disposal because you don't want them to be missing something essential and not be able to give that assignment 100%. The next thing, number five, is practice and add challenging lessons. So I mentioned that you may have a child that is doing their work very quickly. And you may notice, hmm, this material isn't challenging enough for my child. And so you may ask your friends, you may look in different books to see what supplemental resources you can add to make sure you are challenging your child. The next thing is you want to make sure that you're giving additional work to deepen that impression, Because sometimes just because our child learns something once doesn't mean that it goes into their long-term memory. It's probably going to go into their short-term memory unless you reiterate that concept repeatedly over time. And so keep that in mind that doing something once doesn't mean they have it forever. You often have to reiterate and bring up those concepts again. And if you see those concepts in other subjects, you know, um, give your child a opportunity to share how that parallels with what they're currently doing. Ask them to make sure those connections are being made. And lastly, step six is discuss and ask questions. One of the best things about homeschooling is that you're really giving your child a foundation of the love of learning. So let your child be inquisitive. It is no problem with questions. Questions should be encouraged and celebrated. So write down the questions and just really make this whole experience fun. So I wanna kind of go back a little bit and explain performance tasks. Your performance tasks are your assignments. Your extensions are the way to bridge things with other subjects, pre-assessment, is maybe giving a quiz to test your child's knowledge, considerations. Is your child advanced in this area? Does your child need help? Are there areas of struggle? One of the things that I noticed with my kids is that they really didn't like worksheets. (laughs) And when I thought about my whole school experience, it kind of revolved around worksheets and projects. And that wasn't my kids. So I had to quickly learn how to rethink how I would assess their knowledge outside of worksheets. And what I ended up doing, we did some things um, through learning through play. And We would. I would give them a quiz, but it really wasn't a paper quiz. We would talk it out by playing games sometimes. Like if they were doing math and we were doing multiplication, I would take it outside in the backyard. We would kick the soccer ball around while we threw out multiplication facts. So you have to really bring in your creativity. This is a time for you to shine and for you to let your child thrive. So... I also wanted to share that when you write out your lesson plans, remember that you need to be creative. And I know I'm talking about this creativity, but kind of link things together. And what's coming to my mind right now is like if you're cooking banana bread and your recipe calls for two cups of all-purpose flour. Then have your child add the cups of flour and count them as they add ingredients. Again, the key is just to be creative. You can use these lessons with washing clothes. Like if your child is learning their colors, you can sort clothes with your kids. Often, You can incorporate things around the house that you have to do with your kids and teach them. There's just so many lessons around that you can work into your homeschool. Next, talk to your child about what you're teaching. Have a discussion with them, especially the older kids, because you want to make sure that you're constantly building that connection with your child so that they understand that you're always willing to make time for them. I feel like as kids get older, especially in the teenage years, sometimes we just say, oh, they're self-sufficient and we pull away. But really, that's when our kids really need that heart-to-heart More than any other time because adolescence is so confusing. They're going through so many hormonal changes and they just need to know that they're loved and they need to be held and hugged and just loved on, just like you did when they were toddlers. They're older, but it's that same person who is inside. Don't forget that. And we talked a lot about creativity, but there are some unique ways that you could be teaching your child. Look on Pinterest, look on other forums, look in homeschool Facebook groups. Other people are doing it. And so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you have friends or neighbors who are teachers, Ask them. They will let you know. Nobody is trying to hoard information from you. So be willing to ask if you need help. It is okay. None of us know everything, and all of us need help sometimes. And I just want to say if you have questions about creating a lesson plan, don't hesitate to reach out to us. I will again put a sample lesson plan in the show notes and I will share our planner that you can purchase. We have a whole homeschool kit that is available for you to check out for you and your family and I know that you can do this. So there are hundreds of thousands of homeschoolers who have taught their children all the way through 12th grade, who have gone on to succeed in life. So if it is your desire to homeschool for a long time, you can do it. And you don't have to do it alone. So I hope that you have found encouragement in this podcast and I just, I wish you the best, you and your family. All right, bye now. And remember, if you want to see the show notes page, go to cleverlychanging.com. Also, if you're interested in our homeschool kit, that is at cleverlychanging.com slash shop. You can follow us on Instagram at cleverlychanging and at Podcasts. on we are on YouTube as well at Cleverly Changing. So connect with us. Get to know us. We are here for you as a resource. And if you want to be on the podcast, feel free to reach out. The easiest way is to go to cleverlychanging.com and you can see how to reach out to us and become a guest. Or send me an email at contact at cleverlychanging.com. All right. I hope all is well. And I look forward to connecting with you all next week. Okay. Bye for now.